This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunios.com. Join me as I analyze a th the thrilling uh, Red Panda Adventures Episode 5, The Devil's Do, featuring bloody contracts, bespoke torment, and mastering a master. For those of you who don't know, Red Panda is an audio drama series inspired by The Shadow and Other Pulp Heroes, written and directed by Greg Taylor, but I'll tell you all about that in a minute. Red Panda Adventures number 5, The Devil's Do, originally aired December... 10th, 2005. It was written and directed by Greg Taylor, and this is from season one, which is 12 episodes long. The great, wonderful, super awesome, gets me hyped synopsis for this episode is as follows. Someone's been collecting old debts and leaving a trail of corpses in his wake, but the city's most feared gang leader isn't going gentle into that good night, and he's found himself an unlikely ally. But will the Red Panda learn that not even he can stop payment of the devil's due? Oh, those are so wonderful. Anyway, uh, I don't have much to say about this episode. It was a good episode. I liked it. There was some interesting stuff in it, but not too much to dwell on. It was kind of straightforward and very simple in a lot of ways. Uh, there was a, like, Abbott and Costello gag, which I actually think Kit said that in the beginning of these two goons who work for Sclorelli, the mob boss, who uh, wants his guys, his employees, his associates, to find a certain masked menace, or uh, masked man, I should say. And uh, anyway, they do that by one of them sticking up the other guy, which is kind of funny. Um, I guess it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek playing with the genre and playing with the uh, fact that the superhero or the hero always arrives when somebody's in trouble, so if you have two bad guys looking for a good guy, you can make one of them be in trouble, pretend by the other one, and it'll all work out. It'll draw the attention of the heroes like uh, moths to a flame. Anyway, um, so I like that we had dueling hypnotists that, uh, <laughs> we had the scared mob boss, and then that in Kit's delusion of bliss that she was laying down, looking up the red panda, and I wonder what that delusion could have been referring to, but since this is a, uh, you know, I guess a G-rated show to PG-rated show, I won't say, but everybody who knows knows, but uh, anyway. Uh, so the idea of these dueling hypnotists is really cool. Uh, I like that Red Panda learned hypnotism, and it's not a power that only he has, and we get to see that, you know, not the first episode, but, you know, five episodes in, he's dealing with somebody else who has great hypnotic powers, and the shared understanding and the shared history and the fact that they're both master hypnotists in their own rights uh it makes it an interesting battle makes it an interesting duel and like red panda brings up this idea that it's easier to suggest somebody to suggest or it's easier to set a hypnotic suggestion to somebody when they're already predisposed to believe that so a great illustration of that was that <clears throat> when uh nick diablos went to go uh hit uh sclorelli uh the room was dark and the chair was turned away so that when Diablos entered the room, he uh, was looking at the back of the chair and he told Sclorelli to turn around. And um, it, I guess, <laughs> it sounded exactly like Sclorelli. It was Christopher Mott who plays the voice of, you know, Jack Justice from Black Jack Justice and does a bunch of voices here on Red Panda Adventures. But, uh, you know, in the story, it was because. Uh, Red Panda was using a hypnotic suggestion to, I guess, disguise his voice as Sclorelli's, and uh, Diablos believed that. Um, and that makes sense that he'd be able to, because it was something that he wanted to believe. So if you want something to believe, if you want to believe in something, even if you know it's not true, you can be more easily uh, suggested or hypnotized into believing that, and then perceiving that, which is pretty cool. Um, 
I did like that a lot. Uh, let me see. So, yeah, it was cool that Sclarelli went to Red Panda for assistance and that he offered to turn himself in. And then by the end of the episode, we learned that he was not actually sincere in that and he was trying to flee. But at least he, you know, tried his best. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And I just like that he was so scared uh, of Diablos that he went and turned to, you know, somebody who he could count on to thwart this guy's plan because he's been so effective at thwarting so much of the mob business before. And maybe it was even an enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing where he thought, well, maybe these two will kill each other and I'll be free from them somehow, especially since he was looking to flee the country anyway. I think I thought that was a fun deal too, detail. And then, uh, yeah, I won't talk about Kit's, uh, Kit's delusion of, of bliss, but uh, it's kind of funny. So if you didn't get it by this point uh, in listening to the show, Kit is... Uh, romantically interested in Red Panda, and uh, we'll leave it at that. Something I think was odd was that the first guy to die, he was in a locked room. Um, he tormented, or you know, Diablos cast him into the Shadow Realm where he'd be tormented forever. You know, in his mind, he uh, did that to him. By the way, if you don't know what that is, that's that's kind of funny. Anyway, um, the uh, the idea that he uh, was able to infiltrate the room, that he was able to you know, conceal himself, that he was able to, you know, do all these different things, I buy and I accept. But the fact that he was able to get out of the room with it locked doesn't really make sense to me unless he mind-controlled his, that particular victim to, uh, to lock the door behind him and then that was it, you know, and then he let him fall into his catatonic state. But that doesn't really make sense. That's not what was suggested or said at all, but it could be the case. It's just, uh, it deepens the horror and the terror of the uh, of the incident, and it makes the power of the devil that Nick Diablo supposedly had even more terrifying. Because how is he able to get? You know, he got in through. He got into the room when it was locked, and he got out with it being locked. So that adds to the air of mystery and his supernatural powers to help. You know, help everybody continue to believe in the hypnotic suggestion. Uh, moving on. Um, so yeah, Nick Diablos is a master hypnotist of some sort. We don't know where he learned this. He's known, uh, this technique and this, this, wow, well, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. He's had this, uh, ability for over 20 years. So probably 23 years or maybe 22. Um, and it, that means that however long Red Panda has been active, which doesn't seem to be more than a handful of years, that Nick Diablos has been active for decade, a decade or more, well, almost, almost two decades more than him. So this guy could have been a hypnotist for 25 years, and it's no wonder he was so, uh, I don't know, I guess he'd lost himself to his power and what he could do and, you know, taking his, uh, like he could have just let it go and had profited off of these people. And, you know, he makes the joke that the hours are pretty good when you're a parasite, as opposed to doing something else with your powers. But uh, he could have just dropped it. And yet his greed and his avarice. And his. I don't know. His refusal to do anything else with his powers. And just to like take the win and go. And cut his losses. Uh, ultimately led to him falling into his own torment. Uh, under Red Panda. But he. Diablos had a good reason to believe. That he would be able to best Red Panda. Uh, which is that he. <laughs> That was your kung fu. <laughs> he uh, had been doing this hypnotism stuff for maybe 10, 15 more years than Red Panda, uh, very easily. And 
that's that's pretty darn impressive. So, and that also kind of raises the threat of Diablos because look at how much more experienced he is with this stuff than Red Panda is. And I mean, yeah, there's no indication that Red Panda has been doing this for ten years. So, even he's been a master hypnotist for double the time that uh, that Red Panda has been, and that's that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And then just I think his plan is cool. Um, obviously it's bad and it's wrong to extort people like that, but boosting these people's confidence, belief in themselves and like using their, like just basically giving them like a big pep talk and then exhorting them for that. That's a pretty, pretty clever plan. You know, it's good work. You can get it and more work, but good work. And, uh, last note, I just think it's interesting that 22 years is the length that supposedly in at least this red panda universe, if not in the real world is the length of time that a hypnotic suggestion can work. And, uh, I'm not going to look into it. And research it to find out if that's true or not because I'm sure the claims are dubious either way but it's just an interesting idea and it does show how studied Red Panda is uh, whoever he learned hypnotism hypnotism from uh, either taught him that or because he's so interested in diversifying his knowledge and uh, making sure that he knows as much as he, as he can about things so that he can be you know, prepared for everything uh, you know like a Batman type character uh, that he would have researched and discovered that truth about uh, the efficacy and the length of time uh, that hypnosis has worked for people. So, anyway, once again, that was really cool. Great detail. And, uh, I don't know, just, it's a good show. Lots of fun. Not much more to say about this episode, because, like I said, it was pretty good and pretty interesting and lots of fun. And I mean, there wasn't really much to complain about, and there weren't too many... Uh, extra things to delve into. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Before I do, I'm going to suggest that you go over to mjmunoz.com and check out all the other stuff I have there. I have a podcast page linked uh, in the show notes that will take you to all my other podcasts if you want to discover what I'm working on besides uh, the Red Panda reports and uh, my coverage of Red Panda Adventures. And uh, yeah, I have pulp-inspired heroes that I'm working on uh, in my own superhero universe. And before I get to those, I'm going to finish writing my uh, children's picture books uh, inspired by stuff like Godzilla and uh, I guess you could say like Power Rangers and Digimon and things like that. So I've got a wide set of interests and I continue to work on them all because it makes me happy and I'm hoping to turn, uh, turn myself into a full-time storyteller with these things. So anyway, I encourage you to check all that out and... That's all I have to say for now. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.